to our Golden Twenties podcast. My name is Tegan, and I am not joined by my co-host Sadie this week. Sadie is visiting her sisters in Quebec, so I am taking over for this week. And I decided, much like the last time that I took over the podcast, to do a little interview style. So the last episode I did, I interviewed my mom and my grandma, and we all sort of answered the same questions about your 20s. But this time I thought it would be fun to interview some of the men in my life. So I uh, sat down with my husband Tyrell and with my brother Duncan and asked some of the questions that you submitted to our Instagram. And we got some pretty interesting answers. We also, you know, tried to focus on some different things. Obviously, my husband's been in a relationship with me for the past 10 years, whereas my brother's single. So that brought some interesting perspectives to the mix as well. So sit back, relax, and take a listen to the male perspective. I have a very special guest. His name has been mentioned many times in the podcast. It's Tyrell, who's my husband. Hello. <laughs> Looking forward to this. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've never recorded a podcast together. I don't think. No, but I have my own podcast, so Yes. It's not unorthodox. It does kind of feel a little weird recording with you though. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to be talking to you while also speaking into a mic. So yes, as Tyrell mentioned, he has a podcast called The Band of History, which is apparently a big deal. So I've heard it tops the charts. Okay, just to be just to be clear, <laughs> it's not that I say it's a big deal. It's literally all he talks about. Yeah, it's my identity. So it is quite the honor and privilege that a podcaster of that caliber would bless us here. <laughs> At our golden twenties yeah. for this week. Talking to you about seventies music history, I'm assuming your guests are super interested in that. No, they don't want to hear about sarcasm. That. So, as you probably saw if you follow us on Instagram, we put out a call for questions of things that you always wanted to ask men. And Tyrell is a man. I guess I am. You are a cisgendered heterosexual man yeah and so the prime sort of target to ask these questions a lot of the questions that people asked were dating related which makes sense but there are some other little wild cards thrown in there great (laughs) (laughs) so i guess we can just dive right in with questions unless there's any other introduction you'd like to give yourself what are your qualifications to speak for all men um, I don't know if I have qualifications to speak for all men. I just think I'm a decently well-adjusted male um, compared to what I see out there. You just made me think of like five more questions I'm going to ask. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I can't speak for all men, but like, I don't know. I'm just doing my best out here. Love it. Love it. I I am curious of people who have heard so many stories about Tyrell on the podcast if your voice sounds different than they expected. I don't know. We'll see. That's interesting to me. 
Anyway, so we can dive in with some of these Instagram questions. The first one we got was, what should a girl wear on a first date to impress? To impress? Um, for me, it, it's really nothing, honestly, outside the ordinary. For me, I think what somebody should wear to their first date is something that they're actually comfortable in wearing. Not only to that date, but in everyday life, because that individual you probably want to have a few dates with them and they're going to get to know you and i don't think you want to go too showy or too outside of what you typically wear um i think it's impressive just to be yourself and to wear what you want to wear uh i can only speak for myself but like i'm not necessarily concerned about what somebody's wearing to the first date obviously you know, sweats and a t-shirt might not be the best, but maybe it is. It depends on what you're doing, but you know, present yourself how you like to be presented on a day-to-day basis. I think that's more important about being yourself versus trying to be anything that you're not. Interesting. I hope all the people listening were writing that down. Men likewise, you know, men probably need a little bit more help in that department, but again, Mm -hmm. wear something that you would wear every day. So if you wear like, you know, black jeans and like a band tee and it makes sense in that setting on that day, wear that if that's what you wear. I think it's more normal just to be yourself. Yeah, that's somewhat aligned with the advice that Sadie and I give. We've had a few dating episodes and we've gone over like what to wear on a first date and something we always say is some wear something that makes you confident and yeah. comfortable yeah confidence is a good one too right um you know i can just speak for myself i know what i like to wear to make myself feel more confident so that's that's a good point that you and sadie made too um be confident be comfortable and i think that will then also kind of come out in your attitude so the second guest we have on the podcast is actually my brother whose name is Duncan, and he works at a brewery. Is that correct? Hell yeah. Like a beer factory or something? That's what a brewery is. Oh, okay. Beer factory. I did not know that was the same thing. And he's in a band. And compared to Tyrell, he is single. And I have been for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So we're having the two different perspectives, especially on some of the dating questions we got submitted so the first question is what should a girl wear on a first date um i think a girl on the first date should wear something pretty casual not super overdressy uh it depends where you're going uh i like to do uh first dates usually i like to pick out like a coffee date you can do something pretty casual just go for a walk grab a coffee whatever or you can go to like a movie dinner. I like to leave for a couple dates later Then you can get a little more dressed up. But yeah, first date, uh, you wear something pretty casual and, you know, dress your personality, how you feel comfortable. Love it. Okay. Duncan, who's your celebrity crush? Oh boy, Rihanna. I love Rihanna so much. Interesting. Is it because of the Seth Meyers day drinking video? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. No, I'm, I've got the variant of celebrity 
celebrity crushes, but uh, Rihanna's probably number one. Um, she's just so classy, and her fashion is so electric. What? She's just so cool. <laughs> Did you know I've seen Rihanna? When? Back in like... When? 2009 or something. Where? Scotiabank Arena, downtown Toronto. It was her tour with the album that had S&M on it. So that was a long time ago. Wait, you saw her? Yes, this is what I'm telling you. Oh, you saw her in the concert. Yes. I thought you meant like you like hung out with her. Yeah, I hung out with Rihanna like 15 years ago and have not brought it up. I got really mad there for a second. (laughs) My face was getting red. Oh my God, okay. Who's your celebrity crush? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my God. That's probably going to offend a lot of people out there, but I like Jake Gyllenhaal a lot. <laughs> okay. Wow. The whiplash with that answer into this question. Okay. What is your favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, loaded, eh? Um, to be honest, I don't, I can't think of many titles. Of Taylor Swift songs. Oh I'm not a God. Taylor Swift fan. Um, actually, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. What's um? What's that one, oh the God. teardrops on the guitar? Yeah, teardrops on my guitar. That one, because it sounds similar to, well, my guitar gently weeps by the Beatles. So. Does it? It's similar type of song because title. Yeah, okay. You know? Actually, I think it's a decent song, too. Early Taylor is probably more my vibe than current taylor or any other era of taylor she has a lot of arrows yeah so duncan next question is what's your favorite taylor swift song um fuck this is a hard one to answer because there's ones that are like all too well 10 minute version is number one okay just circled like that's number one okay but there's other songs like uh, Better Than Revenge, mm-hmm. I Bet You Think About Me. Mm. You know, there's a bunch of songs that I love. You like the angry songs? I love the angry songs. I don't even mind of uh, uh, the one off of uh, Lover. Cruel Summer? No, the uh, hit. Me? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't like me? I don't think anyone likes Never that. Wow. Well, we're learning so much about the male psych. No, I don't mind me. It's got Brandon Yuri on it. <laughs> oh, my God. These are all negative things. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is, what stands out to you on someone's dating profile? What would make you swipe right? So, in full transparency, I never used a dating app in my life. <laughs> Uh, I never would either. If oh I w- if I was dating today, I would never use a dating app. I'll just be honest about it. Just seeing how they work, seeing how friends use them and everything <laughs> like that, I don't like them. I think it's wow. stupid. Oh my God. Um, but what was the question? If I were to use a dating <laughs> yeah, app? Yeah, what would make someone stand out? Like what makes someone stand out on their dating profile and what would make you swipe hmm. right? Well, some of the things I would look for is like, first of all, you have to have a like a pretty clear picture of you. Mm-hmm. And that can be doing whatever you want, but like, you know, it's that thing that people are always like the group shots, yeah, stay yeah. away from those. 
uh, I want a really good shot of you just to see what you look like, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you can tell a lot about somebody by just looking at them and how they're portraying themselves in that photo, right? Um, other things I'd be looking for is, you know, uniqueness in all of the descriptors. You know, all these apps seem to be different. Mm-hmm. And some of the apps, I don't know which ones, but I know one of them has like prompts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think be, you know, unique in your prompts. I don't need you to be like a smart ass in the prompts, but I need some to get gain some insight into who you are that right. makes you unique because... Like, let's be honest, these apps, you're swiping through hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes somebody want to stop on you? Um, maybe one of the prompts down below. Uh, I'm always looking for, if, if I was looking, I'd be looking for somebody that has similar interests to me too. And that's nothing you can control other than letting your interests be known on, yeah. the, on the app. Bring some personality to it. Bring some quirkiness <laughs> to it. Uh, I think that's probably a good idea. But again as my disclaimer stated, I've never used a dating app. So um, I might not be the best judge of that. Okay, Duncan. Next question is, what stands out to you on someone's dating profile? What makes you swipe right? Uh, Swipe right is that uh, they have a decent bio. Hmm. Because if, if the, my biggest pet peeve when you're on a dating app is that... (laughs) You go and look at their bio and it says like, uh, I'm not great at these things right. or something like that. DM me on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it just tags their Instagram where it's like, add me on Snap and I'll talk to you. And yeah. it's like, well, I'm on the dating app to talk to you. Right. So why would you do that? And so that's my biggest pet peeve. Uh, but no, it's good to have pictures. It's good. To, well, I'm a musician. So my biggest thing is having what kind of music you like on your profile. Right. Right. You know, like all your artists, what kind of mm-hmm. songs you like. That's that's the best thing about it. Great. Next question is, what's your biggest, what are your biggest turn-ons? Turn, yeah, turn-ons. Um, speechless that, yeah it, well there's a <laughs> there's a few different things and i I'll also haven't really been asked these questions before um for me a turn on <laughs> would be somebody that's confident in their ability to just like hang with people interesting in like a group setting you know like there's plenty of people that one-on-one like can hang out and stuff like that but i think a big part of like you know for me it's like can you hang out with my friends can i hang out with your friends and like everything's normal and we're chill can you hang out with the fam like later on probably not the fam like right (laughs) off the bat but you know can you just be confident in who you are uh that's that's a turn on i think um Another turn on would be like that you're kind of unabashed about your passions that you like to do. Um, Like I have tons of passions that I deeply care about and I like and you want a partner that understands what you're into. But then I also respect somebody that has their own independence and has things that they like to do by themselves or with their friends Mm -hmm. and that they're super passionate about it. So like whether it's you and your podcast with Sadie or like you know, that you, or like that you like to go and 
see drag shows or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you have your own hobbies, you have your own interests. That's a turn on for me because I feel that like, again, this might be going too deep into it, but strong relationships are built off of the things that you share together, but also the things that you do separately and, and, and your independence. Cause I think that's an important part of like having a healthy relationship. So you got to be able to have different interests than me and go do your things with your friends or by yourself that you like to do. Um, and I don't know, I probably could keep on going, but like, those are kind of two different things. So I, I think ultimately they're both linked to a level of confidence and I'm not talking confidence, like you have confidence at cockiness. No, but confidence in who you are and what you like to do and your independence and that you're, you're, you're your own singular person. I respect nothing more, um, out of anybody than somebody who is like very uniquely themselves. I might not always drive with that person, but like I respect that they are who they are. Um, and I know where they stand. Uh, I don't like people that just follow other people or trends or, um, are doing something not because they actually like to do it, but because they feel like they need to do it. So that's, that's something that's, that's a turn on for me and like a potential partner. Great. Love it. So Duncan, next question is biggest turn ons. Just in general. Yeah. Uh, good sense of style. Interesting. Not, uh, not super like, full of themselves mm. just uh interested in what you have to say right um i don't know just like a person who's interested in having a conversation with you not a person who's interested in, in having a conversation about themselves with you right 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 next question is what's the worst thing a girl can do on a date my God, uh, I don't know. Uh, the worst <laughs> thing, I think, you know, and this is a two way street, but being incredibly shy is just not good. Like your right. first date, you're supposed to like get to know each other, and it, you don't have to know, you don't have to dig that deep on on a date, especially a first one. But like your ability to what do they call it in Britain, like banter. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a level of banter, I think, that that is really important. And if you're quiet and kind of shy and reserved and aren't, you know, trying to be part of this conversation, and that's that's that makes me sweat a little bit. Right. Um so definitely not that. Um and I don't think there should be any I don't know. I don't think there should, what I find awkward is I don't think there should be an expectation that your date's going to pay for you. Right. You know, I think we're in 2023, I think. To me, the first date, maybe these days should be a split bill. Hmm. You you can offer, but I think it's always fair to split it. But some people might not like that, but I think it's 2023 and, you know, you're your own person, I'm my own person. Let's split the bill, especially on the first one. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> You're just saying interesting to everything <laughs> I say. Yeah, I don't want to color it with my own female perspective. On okay. Things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Sadie and I do say that what we actually recommend as far as paying on the first date is whoever asks the person out. It's a good one, too. So if 
you know, you're the girl and you ask a boy out for a date, mm-hmm. you should offer to pay because you're the one who initiated the date. Yeah, I think I think that's actually a really good piece of advice too because, you know, if you're saying let's go go-karting, mm-hmm. you know, you should be willing to put up for the go-karting. And if you're like, hey, let's go golf, you should be able to put up for the golf. So that right. that's actually a good way to do it too is if you're the initiator, maybe you... Uh, you maybe pay up. Yeah. Next question is, what's the worst thing a girl can do on a date? I think, honestly, it. to be honest, it'd probably be pretty hard to fuck up a date as right. a girl. Interesting. But being stuck up right. is the worst thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Because uh, being stuck up, you know, There could be a guy there that's nervous and, you know, wants to really try hard and do whatever. But if you're stuck up and used to these players or Mm -hmm. whatever, then you could have a sense that, I don't know, you want to walk away from it or like whatever. But just, you know, you need to at least take 45 minutes of a date and see what happens. Because, you know, people get nervous and they, mm-hmm. the beginning of a date sucks. The right. first 20 minutes of a date sucks. And if you can chill out and just wait it through because you're both nervous. Yeah. And it, once you get past that point, the date gets a lot more relaxed. Right. Great. The next question was, what's one non-negotiable you need in a woman? Yeah. Um <laughs> I wish that you listeners could see Tyrell right now because he is <laughs> stressing. I'm about thinking these about answers. it. Like these are really hard questions, <laughs> I think. Um what's a non-negotiable? Yeah. I have a feeling you probably have like 25. You just yeah, to pick I one. know. I'm just trying to pick one that I feel <laughs> like trumps all others. Oh. Um I, I, a non negotiable. Okay. This is one. It's not the most important. So I backtrack about one that trumps all. But okay. I think what's important for me is somebody who has a good sense of money. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I can see so, that. So, you know, this is me and my own hangups, but like I'm pretty frugal. I like to save. I like to think about my finances and things like that. Not in like a finance bro-y way, but just like, you know, I like to be safe and I like to responsible and build for the future. And I think, you know, again, this is, I think this is something that you have to consider if you're thinking about a long-term relationship with this person, you know, either as a life partner, you know, wife, husband, whatever, Mm -hmm. however you define it. You know, having the same sensibilities when it comes to money is so important. And it's not about just the big life decisions like maybe buying a house or a condo or going uh, and buying a car together. Mm -hmm. It's like the day-to-day. Those types of things will start to show up in day-to-day. If you're living together, do we buy this rug? You know, Uh, what are we buying at the grocery store? It can be even 
frivolous little things like that, but you have to be on the same wavelength. So I think somebody for me who's good at finance can have conversations about money and can kind of come to a consensus on it. That would be one of the non-negotiables for me. Right. Okay. I think that makes sense. Next question is, what's one non-negotiable? Wait, non-negotiable. Why can't I say this anymore? Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable? What am I? (laughs) (laughs) You needed a woman. You get the idea. That like specifically me? Yeah. Uh, I like under five, five. That's a non-negotiable. What if? No, it's the, it's, oh, well, I mean. I (laughs) I was like, how tall is Rihanna? (laughs) Oh, she's five, seven. Okay. Well, Rihanna's out then. No, she's not though. <laughs> okay, well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so five seven down. <laughs> okay. No, but uh, it. I just like a girl that's not full of herself. I like a girl who's interested in uh, asking questions and figuring out about your life. She's not. Uh, she's not too self absorbed. She, you know, has got a good head under her shoulders. She's got a good career, uh, or she's focusing on getting a good good career right that's basically it you know okay why don't men tend to ask girls out in person anymore yeah that's a good question because i would ask somebody out in person to be (laughs) honest um but that's because i don't use these apps and stuff i don't think right but to be fair i think it's changed a little bit, right? I think yeah. people are people are on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. Even their friends, they're talking probably more over text message or some sort of message platform more than they are talking to them in person. Um, so I think with younger people these days, it's probably a little bit more comfortable. And that, and I think people fear rejection big yeah. time, and it's a lot easier to be rejected over text than it is to be in person. Mm-hmm. That can be really embarrassing. Um, also, depending on what you mean by recently, I do think COVID had a big effect on people and how they approach things and 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 go about things. And mm-hmm. I think people, some people, are still a little bit traumatized by the pandemic and people and interacting in person and are kind of stunted a little bit. Um, so. I think that's probably all part of the puzzle, um, why people don't ask anymore. But like, it also depends on the context, I think, too. On dating apps, like a lot of people are just looking to hook up. They want to do it quickly. They want to do. They want to just get an answer quickly. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put the time in to get to know you and then ask you out. They're looking to get to know you a lot faster. Wow. Yeah. That's just my opinion, though. Why don't men tend to ask girls out in person anymore? Well, I think that over the past eight years, we've basically been programmed to go into Tinder, go into Bumble, or go into Hinge, especially in the city, to... uh, like get our dates but i'm telling you you know every time i've been out with a girl or you know gone on dates with a woman that she's uh i've asked her out 
in person hmm. 100%. Like, I don't find the internet dating too much to work for, for me, but um, in person just is 100% better. Right. Great. And then we have one last question. Why don't men like therapy? <laughs> uh, I don't think men like therapy because it's rooted in like, it's rooted in like toxic masculinity. Um, but that's not to say that it's toxic because that's what we're, told in society i think you know right. it's it, yeah it's 2023 but like people people still have plenty of preconceived notions of what it is to be a man and i think it's detrimental to men and not enough is talked about that in particular and like to be honest there's a lot of other shit to talk about all the mm -hmm. time there's a lot of other people's uh that identify as various different things that need a lot more support than men especially white men but um, I don't think enough is talked about men's mental health, uh, you know, the physical appearance too. I think men deal with a lot, especially with apps. I think everybody is, uh, everybody deals with a level of scrutiny that mm -hmm. nobody's ever dealt with in previous generations. And with therapy, it's just lumped in with all of that thing, yeah. all of those things, talking about your emotions and stuff like that, the content we consume the people that we know, probably our parents, they don't talk about their emotions. Uh, they don't teach you to talk about your emotions and things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, you know, I think probably everybody could use therapy, even if you think you're well adjusted. But like, that's hypocritical for me to say, because I probably should be going to a therapist because I think everybody should, but I don't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like, I don't know. I think it's bred out of this, this, you know, societal kind of expectation of men um but i think people should i think it's and i'm hoping that it's changing more and more and being more normalized but i think mental health and and talking to a therapist and and even just even if you don't have a problem per se uh but just having a third party to talk through things is is incredibly important also it's expensive mm -hmm. so i i don't think that can it can just simply be marked down uh, something that men don't want to do. Um, I think there's other barriers that are up. It's not exp it's not cheap. In some places, it's probably not very accessible, and um, it's hard to talk about too. And you know, I think it's easier if you know somebody that goes to therapy. Like, who should I talk to? Who should I get a referral to? Right. It's like you know asking a friend what restaurant should i go to oh yeah here's like five different options mm -hmm. I, I think that conversation is a lot harder it's a lot deeper and then people automatically assume there's something wrong with you which i don't always think is the case too so there's a level of kind of like stigma against it that i mm -hmm. think men deal with as well as women as well as anybody so yeah interesting okay next question is why don't men like therapy I don't know. Uh, it's probably just a stigma in my right. sense. I love therapy. I think it's uh, amazing to talk to someone. The cool part about therapy is that there's someone sitting there that you've basically told your entire life 
like you don't have to lie to them and they're sitting they're standing there and they can hear everything about you and there's no reason to tell them anything but the truth so for someone to like there's no reason to lie to your therapist right that's why it's so awesome yeah you get to be yourself exactly and uh, i remember when i uh when i had therapy like uh two years ago i um I remember saying to my best friend, Connor, I said, uh, it's weird that there's a person that you can be 100% truthful to. Yeah. Because most of the time, you're scraping out somewhat of the truth. But they have no stake in the claim. So there's a reason that you're 100% truthful to them. Yeah. So that's why it's awesome. I don't know. I don't, men are men don't go to therapy now because obviously the stigma. But yeah, um, I think they should. I mean, God, why not? Who cares? Yeah, love it. I think that was all of the questions we were uh, sent. Really? Why? Yeah. What were they different than you expected? Uh, somewhat, somewhat different. I will say they're really challenging to answer because I think you can, I don't want to be long winded and a lot of them have multiple different answers. Right. Um, and no, some of them I haven't had to prioritize how I answer mm. them or what is most important to me for a while. So it's, it, it was, it was a good exercise in trying to like articulate it. I don't know if I did it that well, but, um, yeah. It's also interesting to see what people want to ask mm-hmm. men. men, you mm-hmm. know? Is there anything that you're curious about women? No. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> maybe, but like I I I don't know. Not nothing that I have any questions about particularly. <laughs> like I was raised by only a woman pretty much solely surrounded by women so i feel Mm -hmm. like i have a decent level of exposure right um so i think that's a little bit unique for for me and people like me versus average people i was pretty much only surrounded by women Mm -hmm. so um and again there's nothing nothing wrong with that it's just Mm -hmm. probably a little bit more unique than normal um, just living with two, like my sister and my grandmother every day. It's just mm-hmm. two gals. All women. All, all the, the time. time. Yeah. It's like the golden gals. That's right. I actually have a question for you. If you okay. were one of the characters in Sex of the City, which of the characters would you be? Okay. So give me, okay. Uh, I'm going to have to ask some names again. So Samantha's the blonde one. That's Kim Cattrall, right? Yes. Sarah Jessica Parker. What's that one? Carrie. Carrie. What's the redhead? Miranda. And what's the uh, brown, like black? What? <laughs> Charlotte. Charlotte. I'm trying to rack my brain on like some of the defining characteristics of. I have to pick one of those, right? Like not yeah, Mr. Yeah, Big yeah. or one of those. If you chose Mr. Big, <laughs> that's just the only other character I name. I name I, I I can remember. Um. Maybe I'm a Carrie. I don't know. I I, I don't think I'm well-versed enough to know, honestly. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I can answer that accurately. Ask me another 
show, I can maybe answer that's not Sex in the City. <laughs> I was just curious. What's the other big one... show? I know Sex in the City is big with this pod, but is there any other show that's big with this pod? Hmm, I don't know. I mean, no, a lot of the things that come up are Sex in the City and Taylor Swift, and they were both in there, so that's right. good. Nothing about Survivor? Uh, no. <laughs> Which Survivor player are you? Isn't that one of your big TikToks? Uh, yeah, one or of reels? our Instagram reels was about Survivor, and I still get hate, hate to comments. this day. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of Coltons out there giving oh you hate. Oh, my God. Okay. No, no more questions for me? Come on. No, that's it. I thought you said you had a that's few more. It. No. <laughs> that's really it. I'm ready to answer. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, Tyrell. All right. Thanks for having me on, and I hope I didn't fail all men. No. Or women. Is, I probably failed them, too. Is there anything you want to plug? Did you want to plug your podcast? or? No, I don't know if your audience would like it. If you okay, do like 70s music, you can check out my podcast, The Band of History, like Tegan mentioned. Um, but I don't really have anything in particular worth plugging, especially since I'm distracted by my one cat choking himself out in the background right now. So <laughs> that's my life on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> okay, well, okay, last question, which is one I just made up when I was interviewing Tyrell. Which Sex in the City character are you? God, I don't know. I don't think I'm Sarah Jessica Parker. Carrie. Carrie. I'm not a Carrie. I don't know. Who's the Canadian one? Kim Cattrall? Mm-hmm. Samantha. I'll be Samantha. That is everything for this week. Hopefully these men's answered your questions to your satisfaction. It's actually quite interesting to hear their perspectives on their whole gender and obviously you know they don't speak for all men and the male gender is quite vast and diverse much like the female gender but it is interesting to hear them talk so candidly about some of these things so hopefully that answered some of your burning questions if you missed out on this Q&A make sure that you follow us on Instagram so you see when we post those stories calling for questions And we're also on Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, Spotify, and you can find us under all of those at our golden twenties. These episodes drop every Tuesday, so make sure you're following and subscribe to us so you see when we release new episodes. We also have a Patreon page, which is the best way to show your support for the podcast for as little as $2 a month. That's everything for this week. See you next Tuesday.